everyone, and welcome to Living La Belle Vie. I am your host, Monday Young, and today I am excited to be talking with Tessa Drayton, who is a business sales strategist for international women entrepreneurs. And I'm so excited to have her here today. Uh, Tessa is a world um, winning saleswoman, business consultant, and business growth strategist. She has been featured in ABC, CBS, CNN, Fox News, and more. She helps women, coaches, and small business owners create and automate and scale their businesses to six figures. Now, I know that sounds exciting for a lot of us, um, as she has also been uh, giving me also some advice. Now, Tessa is the founder of the Business Growth Consultants, and this brand was created with a global vision in mind to support people um, who who are trying to grow their business, especially women, um, no matter where they are so that they can be independent and to continually be taking steps forward to growth. Um, so today she has been kind enough to come and join me and she will be sharing her expat story. And she's also going to be giving you some valuable tips on how if you are a woman entrepreneur and you have an international lifestyle, if you're expat or digital nomad, how you can grow your business, even if you're moving from place to place. Well, welcome, Tessa. Thank you for coming to speak with me here today. Oh, Monday, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Um, and yeah, I've been really excited to have this conversation with you because I know it's so valuable um, for lots of expat women who are um, trying to keep their careers going while they're moving around. Um, you also have digital nomads. You know, people don't want to stay in the same places anymore. And so I would be really interested to hear a bit about your journey as an expat and how you were able to um, go through all the challenges of being an expat and still being able to create and grow a business. Yeah, absolutely. So I come from a corporate banking background okay. um, and I've been an expat for around 10 years now. So eight of which were in one country. So that was in Egypt. Okay. Um, and I already had an international recruitment business within the engineering sector. So okay. I had and so you had that before you went to... I had that before, yes. So I came from the corporate background and then um, I had my son and I decided that I wanted to stay home but still be working. Okay. Um, prior to that, I had a mortgage company, uh, which I sold. But however, with the mortgage company, things changed with the rates, um, the Bank of England and things like that. So it was really right. like a pivot um, which took me into doing the recruitment, something that I could just do from home. Okay. Okay. Then, so you adapted to the change once you had absolutely. your son. Right. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd made a decision then because that was my second child. So I'd made a decision that I wasn't going to go back into corporate and that I wanted to make that transition and work for myself. All right. Because were so, you looking oh, for more flexibility? Yeah, more flexibility, definitely more freedom. Um, at that time, I hadn't experienced the expat life. It was just about being able to choose the hours that I wanted to work and be more present there at home. Yeah. So that then, when we decided to go to Egypt, that was because my husband was working in Egypt. So he was based on a camp there working in a military camp. So he's, he's a civilian, he's not military, but he was based there. Okay. So that's what took me overseas. 
And then, um, and was I, that a hard decision for you to decide to leave your corporate career and to follow your partner, you know, in his, um, in his career pursuits? How was that? Honestly, um, I didn't really feel like it, it was a huge decision, but it wasn't one that I wasn't willing to do. I was excited about the move okay. because I was already working for myself. Okay. I think if that had presented itself when I was actually in corporate, it would have been a much more challenging decision for me to make at that time. Okay. Um, but I was ready for the move and I was, because also my husband had worked for a year previously in Iraq. Okay. So we had spent quite a lot of time apart and then he'd come home like every quarter, but it was only like for the four week period. And then I did everything a little bit back to front because I'd had my second child and then we got married. So okay. we decided literally he, we got married and then it was a case of he was going back to kind of contracting. So it was a decision that we kind of made as a family that we wouldn't spend so much time apart or have so much distance apart so that's what sort of took me to Egypt but it was um it wasn't a difficult situation for me to um do that natural progression because I was already working for myself mm. and I just kind of had the recruitment company but what what I was lucky with is I was able to start contracting with other recruitment agencies and one of which was Algahim Industries okay. and they are one of the largest private owned companies in the Gulf. So that's kind of was a, a good platform for me to start when okay. I started working in the Middle East. And that really led me to start contracting my services. Um, and I was awarded a tender for a community water treatment project. And how the two was aligned is I was doing recruitment within engineering for okay. water treatment. So that was again, the natural progression. Um, and then we did the community water treatment project for the in the northern desert, sorry, back in 2013. Mm -hmm. And from, a, from there, I was able to recruit um, a team of Indian engineers that came over and we successfully completed the project. So that's kind of my, my history and my story in terms okay. of so what I did a, as an expat. You sort of had a smooth transition. You had sort of already decided to slow down with the birth of your son. And then you and then you slowly moved into working for yourself. And then when you got to Egypt, you were able to find sort of your client base and to keep that going once you were there. Yeah, I was able to really leverage from the contracts that I was able to get. Um, and like I said, it was like from the recruitment side. But I knew, honestly, that I didn't want to stay in recruitment. That wasn't something that I was really passionate about. It just mm -hmm. evolved from me not being able to stay within the kind of mortgage um, industry at that time because it was more to do with when I when I finished in the banking industry and I, I did a I had a packaging company a mortgage packaging company which I did very well but it was only for a period of time because it kind of hit that time when the Bank of England was getting more strict on their lending and it mm, wasn't mm. very easy for mortgage brokers in terms of you know really having Trading packages for yeah, yeah being competitive and also mm. you know having a scalable business so the recruitment side was just really like a home from a, a job to do from home. Yeah. Um, it was never really going to be. Like a well, I mean, I, I completely under understand that as, you know, an expat myself that I think one of the major um, points for a lot of people is they may have come from a certain work background and they, 
and they might want to continue it where they're going, but that doesn't exist there. So I think it is essential to pivot, like you said, to pivot and know that sometimes we do, we use other skills we have just for a certain space of time. Yeah, exactly. And that's really what I did, to be honest with you. And um, I always kind of knew I wanted to do like a consultancy type role. Um, that's because that's what I was good at. But again, like you say, when you, especially when you go to somewhere like Egypt, it's not easy just to mm-hmm. be able to rock up in a new country and just start a business like that, especially when you're talking about Middle East countries. It's not as straightforward. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Well, the cultural difference always changes how we do business as well, as we both exactly. well know. <laughs> so what would you say was your biggest challenge as an international businesswoman as an expat? Well, just really what we just touched on there in terms of being a woman working in a male-dominated, not only country, but also the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and also something that I'm sure, Monday, that you've, you've come across with when you're working with your clients is really the language barrier. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can only speak conversational Arabic and it's not enough when you want to work in that kind of industry. Yes, of course, they speak English. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, you do your best to be sort of um, culturally aware and try and learn the language. So that for me, you know, being British and only being able to speak English to learn even conversational Arabic Mm. quickly was was challenging, but I I did manage to do it and it was, um, you know, I enjoy it, but. And so how did you manage to learn that language at the same time having your family starting, you know, having your, your business from home? How did you carve that time out for yourself? I was really lucky. For a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. And I, I was really lucky. Um, I've got a few friends there that I still keep in contact with and one of which she was speaking Arabic and she was my neighbour. So it was kind of like a trade. She said, if you can, sp-, she was actually from Kurdistan and she could speak German. That's where she started her expat journey. So she said to me, if you can teach me to speak good English, grammarly correct, and then I'll teach you Arabic. So we were with each other every day and our children were of similar oh. ages as well. So Um, And then when I really wanted to kind of expand on that, um, we had a tutor that used to come to our home there. And my son was in school learning Arabic. So we kind of had the tutor for for all of us, really. Uh, Well, that's a brilliant idea. That's a great way. That's a good tip. You know, pair pair up with someone where you both can help each other and then having a tutor in the house for the whole family. That way you're all... Yeah, exactly. That's excellent. Yes, that worked well. So what do you wish you would have known then that you know now? Um, I would really say, honestly, to like know how to really scale a business. Um, mm. I think it's really important, especially when you're looking at, you come from like a consultancy background. So yeah. for me at that time, it was much about making the contacts, winning the tenders, winning the projects, and yeah. you just kind of, live for that that project at that moment Mm. whereas I've completely changed that now in my business model and it's something that I teach not only to create and automate businesses but how to actually scale them yeah Um, so yeah that was that was definitely something I wish I'd known then and really had a had a business model in place to retain clients as well I only ever really worked on that one project and moved on to the next one yeah and so you were always sort of uh nervous about what if you get this contract or that contract to know if you're going to keep you know having your your cash flow throughout the year 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And sometimes some of the projects, especially when I was working on the water treatment projects, they took a long time mm. as well. But the, the workload was huge. So it was kind of finding that balance as well. Like, you know, how can I manage this project effectively and see it through to the end and start mm. thinking about getting my next project? So it was kind of the balancing. And I think really just what I wish I'd known then is really how to scale and have a sustainable um business model that would actually be profitable as well and so how did you manage to to cross over what what was that thing that made you realize the way I'm working isn't working for me sure exactly well it was really doing the um combining of coaching and consultancy okay Um, of course that became much more easier once I'd moved to Europe anyway, because I'm now in Portugal and I have been for the last couple of years, but it was just really that transition to say, okay, I'm not just going to be doing one-off consultancy projects. It was more that I'm going to have a lucrative business and actually be continuing growing my, pro- uh, my programs and working with women. And I decided, I mean, I have worked with men in the past, but I decided I wanted to focus on working with women in business as well. Um, so that, like we said earlier, they can be location independent so that we could take steps towards an inclusive growth. Um, and my mission within my business is really to drive change for the gender pay gap. And that really comes from having worked in the Middle East and seeing the especially for women. So that was kind of where I really sort of looked at my business model and sort of thought, how can I reach these women? How can I help them? And how can I myself have a sustainable business, which is just going to keep growing? Yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, that's an interest, interesting point about the, the, the pay, the pay gap because, yes. and that's a conversation I have with lots of women that um, for lots of partners, which now you have more men partners following who go, who move now also for their, their female counterparts. Um, partners but um, for a long time a lot of women were kind of giving up their careers following their partner and they would feel like their skills would be falling behind that now they were behind that curve that everybody talks about because they had been out of the workforce for however many years or during the time that they needed to get settled and they never felt like they could catch up so what you're teaching women is showing them how they can still be viable, earning um, the same as anybody else at any point by learning how to scale their business. Exactly. And I think as well, you know, it, it sort of funnels down to the home as well, because my daughter now, she's nearly 21, she's studying law at uni, but I also have kind of made it my job, my life's work to really sort of you know talk to her and explain to her about you know you can do anything just even just because you're a woman there are loads of opportunities out there whether you work for yourself or whether you work for a big company so I think it's important to have that message and share it with other women in business but also let them carry that message home to their daughters as well Mm -hmm. um so yeah that was kind of the the changing point for me that I kind of really wanted to focus on working with women Well, I think that's great. I mean, empowering women to stay in the workforce where it's flexible to their lifestyle, especially if they're living an expat life or nomad life where they don't have to step out of the job market, they can scale it to their lifestyle, right? If they can work a lot, a little. Yeah. And so you're teaching automation as well, right? 
Yeah, that's really important as well. So that was something that I was going to share with or that I'm going to share with your audiences, because especially as experts, sometimes we move around more frequently than we had hoped. And quite often, you know, I've seen it with expats come and go from the countries that I've been in, especially in Egypt. We had a lot, it's very multinational and a lot of people thought they were going to stay longer than what they actually did. And mm. I think that was something that I wish I had also known before was about the ult the automation side of it, because you don't know when you're going to need to move. Um, you don't know when you're going to also be available. Sometimes True. if you are making that transition to move to another country and then you have everything else that you have to start again like we yeah. said, the language the culture just settling in getting all of your registration it's not easy so if you've got a business which is automated Flexible. you don't yeah. have that gap mm. you can continue to earn you can continue to keep your business moving and that is really really important as well yeah, now that we've, I think we've kind of moved into one of the tips, as I always ask my speakers <laughs> to give uh, the audience uh, three tips that they can use to um, help them to navigate their ex, their expat life. And so if there were three tips that you could give those entrepreneurial expat women out there, those digital nomads and travelers, what, what would that be so that they can continue to... That, that if they're thinking of starting a business or continuing to grow a business that they, that they currently have to fit their lifestyle, what would be three tips that you could give them? Well, definitely when you're referring to sort of um, expats and digital nomads, it's really just to know, to know your purpose, to be clear on your purpose. And the reason I say that is because understand like what you want from life, what you want for your family, what you want for your community, and really the market research. And this is honestly something that is overlooked by so many expats, not just as a business, but as, as a move to another country. But in a business perspective, it's so, so important. Just know the market, you know, look at the market and look at what you're doing, whether it's a product or service, can you actually operate in that country? Also, um, you know, what is your unique selling point, your USP? You know, who else is doing that out there? You know, a lot of the work has now moved online. Obviously, if you're a digital nomad, you're working online anyway. But what makes you different from your competitors? Automation, we've already spoke about, and that's from your marketing right through to your sales strategies and into a short. This is something, again, that's overlooked. I notice this a lot with my clients, mm. is to ensure that you have a client retention process in your business model. That way you don't get the famine and feast, you don't get the gaps between clients. This again is really, so really important, important when you're automating yeah. your systems. Um, yeah, I would probably say they're the, the three tips I would, would definitely say. I'm, I'm gonna just go back to the first tip that you gave, like, you know, them having a, uh, really having a vision for what it is that they want to experience. So, I mean, that's, you know, me as a coach, that's, that's one of the first things that I do with people is helping them create that, create that vision. And um, we have create the vision for your expat life and create the vision for your, your expat business. So it's really to help people to move in and clarify, how are you going to create this with your circumstances because I think we forget when we're looking at all of our friends and everyone else doing their businesses on Facebook, they're in their permanent place. So they're, they can seem like they're moving faster yeah. while we're having to change and learn languages. And, and sometimes you can feel like you're falling behind everyone else. 
Yeah, definitely. And I, th I think that's actually quite common, even if you're not an expat. We have, you know, it's like it's almost like a human. We're humans, so it's a human nature that you kind of look because you aspire to be like someone or, you know, have the same kind of business set up as someone. And I think that's it's okay to do that, but just go at your own pace. You're your own person. And normally what happens is you actually find what works for you. Mm. And it may be actually quite different from the person that you were looking at before that was kind of your inspiration. So it's good to have that and it's good to have some idea of where you want to go. But definitely don't let it become a limiting belief for you that you're never going to reach that because people are different. You have a different offering, a different voice, a different message. A different and it's important. To, yeah, exactly. And it's really, really important to recognize that. Yeah. I think that's the huge, the most important thing is that once you understand your lifestyle and you fully sort of dived into that, you, then you can start building around it that you installing business models and strategies and things that are flexible to how you want to live exactly yeah no yeah. definitely so it's so important and you know don't look at other people and think that you're never going to get to that stage or feel overwhelmed that you can't reach your goal you know just go at your own your own pace everyone is different you'll get there and it's important just to make sure that you take those steps you will um, get there ladies you will get there yeah absolutely <laughs> and also also being an expat as well like sometimes the journey is actually a little bit more exciting you know you're, you're going to meet new yeah. people new culture new experiences Language. new languages exactly and these are the things that you don't get if you're if you're running you know your your business from home and you're in your home country mm -hmm. so you know whilst they might feel like they're going 100 miles an hour ahead mm -hmm. of you that's okay because you're going to get these massive great big milestones and these huge experiences that only you can share because you've lived it and that's an excellent point because I think people sometimes see success as only monetary, but you can't, you can't quantify experience. Exactly. It, that, that can't be purchased. So knowledge of cultures and languages and, and way to do and to, and to see the global world and, and have a different perception of it. That's something you can't buy. So I think people have to keep that in mind that, you know, part of their, the richness of their journey will be that that expat experience that gives them that that richness which is is invaluable it comes later you realize how invaluable it is later <laughs> when you're going through it absolutely. you're like <laughs> yeah absolutely and you know we must be doing something right because when i speak to expats it's like they can't imagine not being an expat yeah and sure. i'm the same then it's, it's it's kind of you get integrated to it and it's yeah it's your way of life and it becomes the norm and you know with the moving around becomes quite normal and I mean yeah. I've been lucky because I haven't had to move that many times in terms of countries but you know I know expats that do move a lot yeah um and Me it just too. becomes normal for them yeah but what they the rich richness of what they learn um can't be taught so that's a yeah. that's a really really strong positive aspect to have yeah definitely well, I think that that's wonderful that you're helping empower women keep their careers going and making sure it's flexible to fit their lifestyle. So tell us where we can find you, what your offerings are at the moment. We're excited okay, to hear about so that. 
I can be found at www.officebgc.com or you can email me at tessa, sorry, tessa at officebgc.com. Um, so yeah, if you're a woman that you are looking to create, automate or scale your business to six figures, I'd love to hear from you. Um, and especially if you share my mission about driving change to the gender pay gap. Yeah. And if you're an expert, she can totally relate to your experience, which is beautiful. She also, which you left out, she has a Facebook group. That's where we met. And yeah. she's giving and she's and in her group um, and on her page, she's giving, you know, lots of strategies and advice. She holds these spotlight coaching calls for people. She's doing all kinds of things. She's just adding value every single day. So if you have a chance, you can go ahead and check her out also on Facebook. She's very active there and very accessible. Um, so Tessa, I just want to thank you so much for coming to talk to us and sharing those tips uh, with the people on World Radio Paris today. And for all of those who are listening who would like to get in touch with Tessa, don't worry. On the website, we are going to put um, everything of her bio and all her links and all her social media so that you can get in touch with her should you want someone to help you to grow your business to six figures. Oh. Well, thank you all for listening to us today. And I'll see you next time here on WRP. Monday, thank you so much. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It was great. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.